is the Schaefer Baseball Report, an inside look at America's pastime. From Little League all the way to the big leagues. Now here's your host, former Major League infielder Jeff Schaefer. Welcome everybody to number 62 of the Schaefer Baseball Report. Uh, we're going to officially call this one the Dusty Wathen Schaefer Baseball Report because that's Dusty's number. Number 62, the third base coach of the Philadelphia Phillies and uh, a good friend of ours. So um, listen up. we got some good stuff. we got the home play gala coming up. Some, some minor league stories are thrown in there. Uh, we also uh, were opening up in the fall and we're talking about a little bit of the college camps. And um, that's it. So uh, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. This segment of today's podcast is brought to you by EA Sports Fields. EA Sports Fields provides professional athletic field construction, design, renovation, and maintenance for all levels of play. Former professional groundskeeper for over 20 years, they provide a unique perspective regarding your playing surface. You've heard of the five tools of baseball? EA Sports Fields excels in the five tools of providing an exceptional playing surface for players, owners, groundskeepers, fans, and your community. To learn more about EA Sports Fields, find them on Facebook at EA Sports Fields Incorporated or visit www.easportsfields.com. Here we go. We are number 62. So this today is officially the official Dusty Wathen show of the Schaefer Baseball Report. All things dusty. All things dusty. All roads lead to dusty. It was dusty at the fields this morning. It was very dusty at the yeah. fields this morning. A lot we of stuff there. happening. Tons of stuff happening. So we went over to uh, shoot the drone at the complex today. And um, trucks moving everywhere, cranes moving dirt, dust flying. You know, We're lucky, though, we didn't get any of that rain. We could have got pounded. And uh, we dodged it, man. We got away from, from what's it, with Dorian? Is Dorian a girl or a boy? Dorian? Yeah. Turn your phone off, man. Let's oh, is go. that my phone? Yeah. Is that my phone? I'm popular. Uh, Dorian, I think it popular. could be either. I mean, I think it was probably... This one, I feel like, was a male. Um, you do? Yeah, you know, it, it, you know, it kind of came in strong, but it kind of relaxed a little bit. Dorian, if it you was mean, a like female... You mean, took a nap after it? <laughs> Dor- yeah, just chilled out over the Bahamas. I feel like Dorian would have came in and just torn it apart you... if it was a woman. Yeah, that's not true. Okay. I'm yeah. just kidding. That was, or, that was could, just or it could have been fickle. Just and just could like tickle it and got out, you know, like eh, I'm not really, don't wanna. Uh, yeah, we, we're going down a bad road. Yeah, there. we're heading down a bad. <laughs> we're we gonna like lose listeners or gain a male audience. Who, who, who knows? But uh, yeah, so the, the fields look really good. Um, we sodded. Andrew and I were out there helping uh, Eddie Busquet and and his crew do it, and that's that's not an easy job. No, man, and it's it's one of those things like. It's easier once you get out there and you just give in to the fact that you're going to be filthy. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, you get out there and, you, you know, you try to not get, like, filthy. You, you just have to dive You got to dive in. in. You, you got to go. go. You got to go. And then you go with your nails and you scrub out. But, you know, so I'm sitting there saying it's it's a hard job, but I'm driving the uh, the sand gator around the tree, just dragging the sand <laughs> the whole day. So I'm doing nothing. I'm like, my, my biggest complaint was, wow, it's really hot out here. That was just like, <laughs> it was just like golfing, except easier because you didn't even have to get out of the car. I didn't have to get out of the car. I just stayed on it and just, just cruised around. I followed the tractor because the, uh, the, the bigger track that it brought the sod rolls out would leave impressions in the sand. So as they were moving, you got to keep it. You got to keep it level. So, you know, after pretty after a while, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny. You almost feel like a, you know, like like an idiot though, because there's you know, there's massive cranes and dump trucks, and, you know, stuff moving around, and I'm driving a little three wheel gator like through the sand, like I'm helping. <laughs> I'm helping the process. I'm helping. But uh, yeah, our season starts. 
Um, fall season. Yeah, fall season starts this weekend. Other people started last weekend. Interesting. The fall is always. Uh, it's it's just it's crazy. It's it's frustrating. The fall. The fr- it's it's really fun because there is like a new influx of players at the younger levels, mm-hmm. and then the older age groups get really frustrating because uh, you know there's just so many college things going on for these kids that are in high camps. school. They, they got to go mm-hmm. to camps and they're going to go to their visits and they, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and you know, there'll be a SAT weekend and, and there's all these things and, and, and it's all stuff that has to get done. These kids, you know, they need to be at a lot of these things. Right. They got to take their SATs and ACTs and stuff. But, uh, you know, sitting there trying to project that out two months in advance is it's super difficult because it's, you know, a lot of times it's less than two weeks before kids are certain that they're going to a camp and they're trying to figure out which one to go to and they fall on different weekends. And then, uh, this weekend in particular was a, a, a tough one because it's the last weekend of the blackout for the NCAA's, uh, the D1 program. So uh, a ton of them are holding their camps this weekend. So this is traditionally our first kickoff weekend for the older age groups. But we've got several players that need to be at these things. Yeah, we made we made a decision not to play on Labor Day. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of give the families a a little bit later start than than usual. Um, you know, it's, and that's the tough part too, because whatever we do, we're always trying to, we're always taking them into consideration, and it never just seems to work out it, perfectly. It, you know, so there's always something that's going to come back and get you. There's no perfect answer. Yeah. You know, you just in the fall, you just sit there and you try to bandaid anything you can, and then sometimes you got to make tough calls and just pull the, you know, just pull the shoot. Yeah. So we had two situations. Obviously, we had a bunch of kids in our organization going to camps, so that changed the dynamic of this weekend in terms of uh, our, our 2020s playing, but also. On a tournament um, organization side, they couldn't fill an age group. And we had our players in a certain age group, and we were going to play local. Because, I mean, we traveled during the summer, and it's, you know, we all are aware of the expenses involved and try to keep an eye on that for the families. And then, you know, we get, we get moved down to Columbia, which, you know, and it was outside of Columbia, so it was an hour and a half away. So now the families have to rally, they got to get a hotel, they got to figure out if they're going to drive back and forth. If we play late in the afternoon on Saturday, there's a chance we could actually play at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. You know, do you want to make an hour and a half journey? So it's never, uh, you know, it never works out the way you want. But I think when we get the, when we get the fields underway, you know, and we talked about this this morning, you and I, just kind of like laying out 2020. Yeah, now, you got to get now, like yeah. you know, getting everybody involved, getting everybody on board because we can't be the only ones this is happening to. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, you know everybody you know we we you fall into a pattern of doing certain things certain ways and and everything's ev- adjusting and evolving all the time. So um, you know, looking at the way this fall's going, I mean, you know, just just this last week I had a conversation with a couple of coaches and you know instead of doing full on tournaments and travel schedules in the fall for the older age groups, it's almost turning into like a double header day. You know, just just actually picking up an extra weekend or two and doing double headers, mm-hmm. a lot less commitment. You know, you're not sitting there. You know, it's one thing to get you know your players out there; it's another thing to get all your pitchers out there as well. So, yeah. uh, kind of kind of eases that up a little bit and then uh, makes it just quite a bit more flexible. You know, there's you, you go into these tournaments, these big, the bigger tournaments, and you know, two months in advance, you got to send in your you know twelve hundred bucks or your thousand dollars and stuff like that, and then you know things happen within two weeks of your tournament, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there and Guess what? You just lost thousand dollars. Yeah, that's you know, kind of it's just uh, gone. On, so on, on on one side, I understand it because we have the complex in Virginia and stuff like that, and you you know you putting all this effort into it, and you you scheduling out, and then all of a sudden you can't be part of it. But to say that you can't have anything, to me, is is a wrong approach. You know, it would be like, hey, okay, well, you know, we get it. You know, you don't want to make it a common practice because if you make it a common practice, they're not even going to schedule you in next time you want to play in that tournament. 
So what you should do is, you know, okay, we'll, you know, we'll either give you half back or we'll go ahead and credit you for another event. So you are in another event. Yeah, no, I mean, you're not, you're not getting, you're not getting a check back. For sure. You don't want to, you know, it can't be something where, you you know, teams commit to three different tournaments and then just wait for the last minute to pick one mm-hmm. and then they they get their money back. I mean, you want, you don't want to avoid that, but at the same time, you know, if we're running a tournament and we have a good relationship with people and they treat us right and they have something come up. We'll, we'll work with them right. and we'll try to keep that relationship strong so that we can keep them moving forward. But uh, some, some organizations don't, they don't care at all. No, you know, this, this is uh no, they don't. They just, it's, it's, listen, there's a lot of people out there that it's just about the money. I mean, that's, you know, one thing that I'm proud of. That Hayek camp. That, I, oh, I'm not going to throw their name out there, but the I will. camp. <laughs> that Hayek camp. That head I mean, first group. <laughs> the kid, kid broke his arm, had x-rays. Had surgery on it. Had, had to have surgeries, pins put in place. Uh, you know, 10 days before the camp or whatever, send in his stuff mm. and there was no refund. Sorry, no refunds. None. It's like, geez, that is bad business. I mean, that's that's horrible. I mean, sent in x-rays, sent in pictures, you know, it, and it, the other part of it is, it's it, it's just, it's common decency, right? Because the family that it happened to, can, you know, losing $1,000, whatever, is not going to kill that family. No, but... That, but it's, you know, it's the right thing to do because it could kill another family that, that yeah. saved every freaking penny for the kid to pay $1,000 to go to a two-day camp for head first. Yeah. You don't have to say it. I'll say it again. Head first. <laughs> I mean, that's just... To me, that's bad form. I mean, that's bad form. Yeah. The, the thing is, though, like, you know, they're dealing in individuals. So right. uh, that kid's going to have a bad experience this year. But guess what? He's gone next year and the next group comes in and they don't know... They don't care. They don't know any different. They don't care. That's, don't a, that's, that's the cycle of our business. You know, I mean, there's, it's naive and ignorant show up every year, you know, at, at, and, and we... You got to deal with it. And I mean, how many times have we had the same conversations over and over and over again? And they're good conversations, you know, because they don't know and we do. And I understand it. But those are those are easy prey for the money grabs. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So for sure. And, and I mean, it's just, you, you know, we sit here and we we see it year in and year out, year in and year out. Like you said, we could have that conversation and try to guide our parents and uh, guide our players and try to make sure that they're making good decisions with their time and with their money. But, you know, you get out there and not every organization does that for their players. And not every organization has been around as long as we have where they have the experience and have right. seen it. Right. You know, that's a big, a big part of, you know, why we went through uh, and started You Deserve a Chance Foundation. And obviously it's led to a partnership with uh, Carolina Metro Reds and, and the and the Nothole Foundation and the Complex. But, you know, we're talking about a family that, that lost money um, that, you know, realistically in two days they would turn around and never even imagine that they lost it, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have families that we're talking about that, you know, we've actually scholarship people in, right? So we go out and we hustle and we raise money and we do things like that and we help people and we pay into events for kids and certain things like that and then also that money's gone. That's a rough, that's a rough avenue. It, it's not fun. No, no, it's not <laughs> I mean, fun. It's not, a, it's not a fun part of it. And, and, you know, that's the thing that we always cringe about whenever we're doing anything here. It's never the baseball. No, it's, it's always it's, the people. It's always the, and the, and the money is usually the, the, the part with the people. Right. You know, usually money isn't, is, money is an object. It is. <laughs> you know, we're, we're not in a, in a, in a demographic where money is not an object. So. Well, look at, look at how many tournaments are going on across the country. Well, let's just say across North Carolina, right? How many different people are putting on events? So you get this, you know, what these guys do is they jump out and they try to they try to monopolize all the all the fields that are available, and then they go ahead and they post that one field that says, okay, it could be Belmont Abbey, right? We'll use Belmont Abbey for example, but yet they're using 
Hunahus, they're using, you know, Olympic, uh, you know, they, yeah, they're using all these other schools, but they don't tell you that. They only tell you, you know, and then, so you may not get the chance to even get on that complex. You're playing this weekend, or you were going to play this weekend, you're going to have one game on a college site? Uh, we've had we've had games where we've not been on been on a complex like Perfect Game when they were running that, and we've had games when you you go out there and they're marketing a college and you're not even on the college venue. Yeah, and then even if you're out there, more times than not, these people there's nobody there watching. Well, you, we, you know, we talked about this before. You know, there's there's two things you're looking for. You're looking for exposure and experience. Right. Part of the experience is is getting to go out and play on. Chapel Hills Field. They're going in. Well, opportunity, or, opportunity. You know those, those yes. kind of things. Those are those are cool right. things where you want to take a picture in front of the stadium sure. and stuff like that. You show up at a lot of these tournaments and you don't even end up at those places. It's like, yeah. come on, man. That's just that's like dangling the carrot out in yeah. front of people. So yeah, opportunity, exposure, and and experience. You know the the opportunity part is just, and having this conversation a lot um, in the month of August with all the people that we saw at, in Cary. You know, it's just it's it's part of my you know my shtick when we sit down and we have to talk to them before the pro, you know before the whole event takes place so they understand what the process is. Is that more people are not don't see the opportunity of just getting on a field and playing the game and getting better. You got to get that's your opportunity. And so if there's nobody there, it's still an opportunity. And they you know and people are like well you know there's no college coaches here or you know this kid didn't you know he you know this guy wasn't paying attention when my kid. You know, was on the field, and that's that's another thing that now I break this up. When college recruiters, who we love, right, and, and high school coaches, no doubt about it. But when you're paying these guys to be there, like we do a, a an in and out, or we do the pro style workout and our BICs and stuff like that, and we we do that before the event starts, and we're paying guys to to be there, you better be paying attention. Okay, you're getting paid to do a job. You're not getting paid to sit in a dugout and chat with the other guys. So I think, you know, at this point forward, you put chairs right behind right behind the batting cage or you put chairs right out front and you don't let them hide in the dugout and you don't let them kind of click it. And, yeah. Huh? I mean, it looks good. Well, <laughs> listen, I mean, it, it, it looks good. But I mean, really, you, you know, so you want, if you want to show up and you want to have a conversation with your buddy and take a check, then that's the wrong, that's the wrong thing to do. You know, because no, but I, here's no, the other part. You know, people see, you know, they don't see them going to the dugout and all, and all the families are like, oh, there was, you know, this school here, this school here, this school. Well, they didn't, you know. Do your job. There should be a report written on every single kid, whether it's one word no, or whether it's you know has potential, could be a you know a, a, a follow a junior year in college, a draft pick or something. But those guys when they show up, there should be something written down about every single kid. That's about a line through kids. Well, we do that too when it comes to the NTIS. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, I think we've been doing this long enough, but you still have to you still have to pay attention to the they deserve the attention. They deserve the attention if they're on the field. Yeah. Right. No. I, okay. Yeah, I'm so right. the attention may be a line. No. Yeah. No. That's you know. sometimes. And a lot of times, that's all it takes. <laughs> Listen, man. We need doctors. We need lawyers. We need you know. We need all those people. The world needs ditch diggers. I know. Too. I needed both of those guys. <laughs> and, and ditch diggers and guys that drive the sand thing around the. Uh, uh, no, on the field. those guys are a dime a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, really, it was like yeah, it was like oh, look at the size of that tractor over there, and then I'm on a little three wheel green gator. You should have got. <laughs> like, you should have kind of got a picture though on one of the big tractors. I should have bought right next. Just like time. a little kid at travel. I, I, I text my wife and I said, "Look, heavy equipment." Operator. <laughs> so, but we have the gala coming up, home play gala, which is a huge event. Um, you know, past recipients: Tom Walter from Wake Forest, uh, Chris Singleton, um, who played in the minor leagues and is running all over the country now, doing great things in public speaking. Um, his mom was the pastor in the Charleston Church Massacre. That uh, 
you know, we've all heard so much about, especially with all the gun stuff going on now. And um, then Landon Powell, who's doing a great job down at down at North Greenville. And we played down there. That's a nice complex. That's a nice complex. You know, he's he's taken that thing out of the ashes and made it uh, made it something special. I mean, one in the country, two years in a row for a period of time. And who, the guy last year, Mike Schilt, 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 what's his name? Some Schilt. What's yeah. he doing now? He used to like run hot dogs and shine my shoes and stuff, you know. Oh. Well, I think he's... Is he the bad boy or something? I, think, I don't know. Something. He looks like the bad boy sometimes. You ever look at Michael on the... Uh, you ever look at Schilt? Yeah. He looks so tiny. Like he jumped the fence the other day in, in a brawl. Yeah, I'm like, funny. dude, get back in the yeah. dugout. Get back in the well, dugout. He had, he had trouble getting there's, over the fence. There's the, Michael, uh, Michael, there's men out there. <laughs> Stop, Michael. That's where the grown-ups are. That's right. And then, uh, you know, that was, that, was a, that was a great event last year. They've, they've all been fun. They've all been good. It's, um, it's, it's a lot of work. And I like the, I like the, uh, the uh, Valentine Hotel. Yeah. Set up, yeah. That's that's definitely taking it to another level. It was great starting out at Knights yeah. Stadium, but you can really see it expanding. And yeah. It's just yeah. We've gone with two fifty last year. We're up to three hundred this year. Looks like we're going to sell out. Um, you know, we're always looking for corporate sponsors. You know, people that want to get involved. We have Spirit of the Game. That um, my my buddy Chuck Howard he used to be the sports announcer here in Charlotte with with Fox, and he has Sauce Monkey Spirits down on Fort Mill. He's going to do Spirit of the Game. Oh, yeah. Spirits, so, yeah. Spirits. That's what you get. Some... That's what you get when that's what, when you walk in. And the first thing you do is I go and I buy a hundred fifty-seven dollar bottle of bourbon, and then he's like, "Hey, you got anything?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. But uh, yeah, if you guys are down at Fort Mill, go see, go see, go see Chuck. It's it's an always an interesting conversation, and it's always unfiltered. Um, huge sports fan, and and his business is doing well. So that's Sauce Monkeys down in uh, Sauce Monkey Spirits. That's if you like adult spirits. You like adult spirits? You don't drink. You're a beer drinker. I can't drink that stuff, man. No, ever. No. I used to when I was younger. I would, and then I would turn into the Hulkster. And <laughs> Are you a White Claw Hulkster guy? Is a bad you, I'm a White Claw guy. Oh, I, I hate it. Are you kidding me? I hate it, dude. Uh, I, I got pictures. The typical white girl drink. You know that, right? Listen, I'm in, I'm in touch with my feminine side. I'm good with it. <laughs> you I'm very confident this week. You I am. <laughs> so we uh, that was that was that was a big joke because we were down at the beach, um, you know, with the buskies and and the, and the team down in Myrtle Beach and. I forget where I had one of those, and uh, Eddie's like, you know, we need to go to the store. We got to get, you know, we got to get some beer. And Eddie's got to get his Mountain Dew, and you know, and I'm like, I'm gonna get a six pack of White Claw. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I do. So now my daughters are like texting me like pictures, like they're superimposing White Claw. I'm like, I'm in a picture, and they sent one of my granddaughter with the, <laughs> it's eight months with a White Claw. Oh boy. Uh, so yeah. So what's wrong with White Claw? I just don't nothing, man. Nothing. nothing you just, I just don't. <laughs> you, just, you just be you, man. You just. You just keep I being am you. being me. So I go from White Claw to to Pappy Van Winkle Bourbon, which was uh, that was an interesting <laughs> night. Two hundred fifty dollars a glass. That's like, don't tell your wife, you know. Oh, she'll find out. Oh, she did. She knew. She was like, "How much is that? How much is that?" You know. Like, and then, <laughs> like, oh, it was good. But we had that. That's uh, they'll be they'll be our sponsor. So we are looking for sponsors. But this year is Jack Leggett, who is currently the manager of our eighteen U USA national team, but over like twenty three years as a head coach at Clemson and. I don't know, close to 30 years maybe as a head coach throughout uh, college baseball. I mean, I'd have to look at all the details, but we talked about his his, his tree of coaches that are out there. Um, so that that's going to be that's going to be special. Francis Crockett will uh, will get an award, and Francis Crockett Ringley, um, and she is one of the first female GMs in in professional baseball, and obviously for the first year in 
Charlotte, but it has had a lot to do with uh, with the evolution of baseball on the professional level here in Charlotte because, you know, she took it from nothing and brought it back, and then obviously it, it evolved from double-A to, to triple-A, and now we have our stadium downtown. You were down there for Joe's for Joe's big guy. Uh, I, I didn't get to see Borch's, uh Borch's night. How do you handle it? Like a pro? Oh yeah. 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 He was yeah. he was dressed nice and yeah. he break out break out his stand up, you know, comedy. Nah, <laughs> he's, he's he's the straight man. He's, he, he plays is. the straight. He is. He plays the straight, but it was a it was a pretty neat deal and he had some good stuff to say. So yeah. It was a fun time. Had we took the uh little uh Grady's little team out there and they got to run around on the field and go through the cages and see all that kind of stuff and then uh, as, a, as the game gets ready to go like any eight-year-old kid instead of worrying about sitting in seats they're up on the berm playing football and pickle and you know anything but actually watching the ball game. right right well it's good to be a kid isn't it yeah to do that I mean it, I, I can imagine so we're out at the complex and I'm watching these planes go over you know and it's one thing if you're you know you're 16 or 17 or 18 years old and you're playing out there you know you know it's, but if you're if you know if you're this certain age, you're like 10, 11, and 12, and every time a plane goes over, you're like, oh, yeah. you know, Zach, my, it's my son Zach used to have his phone in his back pocket, and he could shoot the shoot it at the plane, and on the phone it would aim tell it, you. He would aim it at the plane. Aim, yeah, he, he would shoot, shoot it at the plane. That's right. He didn't shoot it at the plane. Shoot at the plane. <laughs> aim it. Yeah, he'd point it. He'd point it at the plane. And then it would tell him what kind of plane it is, how many seats, where it was going, and then he would come in off the field and tell me. You know, like, hey, Dad, that plane that went by. Yeah, what about that ball? Boeing seven thirty seven, and yeah, no, that, Zach was tough in the in the beginning. He's not so easy now, but you know, it's uh, he's getting there. He put on so Chip Sigmund over at Europa Sports here. You know, we put Zach with a with a with a trainer, with a personal trainer. Um, and, I, and it works for him. He needs to have that discipline, like you got to go here, and then somebody gets him there and puts him through the routine. And eventually, structured, too. structured. But I think eventually, you know, I mean, you know as well as I do, you get to that point where, you know, you've trained so long in your life that it becomes your habit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if you don't, you feel bad. And he's getting there, but he's put on almost ten pounds in in two months. And you know, he's doing his protein shakes. You know, it's it's interesting because now they walk around the house with no shirt on. They think they're getting like little definition. You know, so I take my like you. I like take my shirt off, and it's just like nice moves, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so what do you think about the big leagues right now? What's going on there? It's, it's, this it's is a fun time of year. Yeah, yeah this, is when, this is when I mean, every, it's pretty clear who's in and who's out. You, you know, the the Mets are pretending like they're still a part of this, but they're gone. Same yeah. with the Brewers. The, the Brewers, yeah, the Brewers are. You know, that's not going to be a three horse race. No, uh, the no. West. The West is is settled. The uh, the. I'm sorry, the NL West is settled. The AL East is settled. Uh, looks like the uh, AL West is settled. Yep. The Astros got that. The yep. uh, AL Central, that's still a dogfight. Looks like mm-hmm. one of those teams should squeak into the wild card, though, whether whether it's Minnesota or uh, or uh, Cleveland. One yep. of those teams will be first place in a wild right. card. Um, it looks like the Braves are starting to put a little ground on themselves and the rest of the teams in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the NL East. Um, I, I, you know, I think... I don't see anything happen to the Nationals getting that wild card there. No. So we're probably looking at a Nationals, and then um, whoever comes out of the Central, the second place team, will probably yeah. be your, your second wild card. I don't. I don't buy the fact that everybody says that the Central is a weaker division in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think that I think it's a strong division. They're just knocking each other's heads. I, I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's. The, they're the strongest team. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the strongest division. Right. But uh, it's. You know, I mean, there's three teams that are are sitting there that are. Con- you know, especially right now with Milwaukee kind of having right. a resurgence the last few years, like there's three teams sitting there battling at the top, and mm-hmm. you know there's there's going to be some attrition just because of that. 
Uh, you know, you get out in the West, and, and the Dodgers aren't that much better than these teams, but they're sitting in there with, you know, three or four teams that are rebuilding or weak or, yeah. you know, whatever the case may be. So it looks like they're running, you know, they're they're not out there, you know, going, you know, splitting a series is a great deal right now for the Cardinals and the, and the, uh, shoot, who's the other team? The Cubs. Cubs. The Cubs. <laughs> you know, Cubs. They sit there, the they Cubs. Sit there and split yeah. right now, and that's not a bad yeah. thing. Um, Either Dodgers go out there, and, and there's no way they split because they're playing the the Padres and the Diamondbacks, and yeah. you know, so they're running away with that division. Um, just a man, I know you're a Yankee fan, and this is not a knock on the Yankee organization or anything, but that right field wall is a joke. That is a joke. I'm, I'm, I'm. Go ahead, Andrew. What are you? Gonna no, say? I was going to say that's a knock. That's a knock. It's 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 been that way for you know a hundred years, but it's it it's not it's it's not so much that it's it, again it's it's the pitching, it's the ball, it's the bats, it's everything else. I mean, it's made every park smaller. But that is a joke. So do you think they turn? What would if they went ahead and said, okay, we're going to make right field like a New York Fenway, and put a, a and put a monster there. up there? Oh man, that would be so much better. I'm telling you, like Aaron Aaron Judge has got a great arm. Like yeah. you know, and you're sitting there. In between pitches, he leans against the wall. Yeah. Like that's where the wall is at. So, like yeah. you know, you come up and you see him, you know, fire some guy out at second base, and you're like, that was like just past like a routine depth. Yeah. For like you know some for a double, the guy's going for a double, and it's just like the the wall is is a joke behind these guys. And you see you know you see taters that are put up into the Man, second. Going four fifty. Just but when you're seeing stupid. when you're seeing you know Judge take an inside fastball, and I mean this guy's super strong, so he can sit there mm. and do it. And he just flips it, and it's in the front four rows there at, at Yankee Stadium. I'm just yeah. like, God, that pitcher just made a really good pitch. Yeah. And they've got this ballpark, and they've got these swings that are just tailored to just hit little, little, little fly balls out to the right side. I saw yeah. he. I think uh, within the last few weeks, he pulled his first home run of the year. Did he really? Yeah. She's trying to bunt that way, <laughs> bunt it out. Did you see Acuna go upper deck? Opposite field the other night. You can't that you can't do that with with balls that aren't loaded. No, you cannot. I mean that's that's I don't I don't ever remember anybody going upper deck opposite field when I played. The balls. The and ball by the way, players. every fence looked a long way from me. Yeah. Well, I, even well, even nowadays now with the new ballparks though. With the I might have hit ten. I'm you know I mean Citizens Bank in Philadelphia yeah. is a, a small ballpark. Uh, the new the new uh, the new Braves field that's yep. a pretty small ballpark. Yep. Dodger Stadium used to be one of the bigger pitcher parks. They moved it in though when they did the the retro. Mm -hmm. uh, everything that's you know Cincinnati, you, you know when it was riverfront, you know it played pretty legit. Now it's like I mean you're hitting balls out into Kentucky. It's uh, the only one the only ballpark that's been built in the last 25, 30 years that's been truly pitcher friendly has been Detroit. Detroit was Detroit was pretty pitcher friendly except for right field for a long time though because yeah. it was four forty to dead center and. Um, the the one the one thing that the, I guess the I mean April and May though hit in there even with the small ballpark was a, you don't want to be in Detroit right so the so the home run that Reggie Jackson hit in the All Star game I've, I can't remember the year but it was up on top of the roof yeah. up by the transformer right and mm -hmm. it was like they're like four hundred and fifty something feet and that's like every night yeah it's 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 these guys are going backside with pitches you're seeing guys usually you know I saw a guy that and, and I mean. Look like you know, great player. This guy, right. he's been in the minor leagues for seven or eight years, you know, and he's got a chance this year with the Padres hitting two hole. This guy's a two hole hitter. Yeah. He takes a middle end fastball and hits it eight rows, eight rows deep on the in the right field. It's yeah, he like, probably never did that in AAA. 
Well, this unless year he, he was in a PCL. This year he if he was in a PCL, he would have. This year, when the, they were using the big league balls <clears throat> yeah. in AAA, home runs were up 58% over last year. So they were using it all across AAA or just in the PCL? I, I think, know they were using the PCL. I right. don't know if they were using the IL as well. So you take that, that ball and then you go into Albuquerque. Did you have a pitch in Albuquerque? No, I didn't. Oh, my God, man. That place was it was a massive park, but it was on such elevation that it was like playing in a cracker box. I mean, the balls just jetted. So they would make the grass on the infield extremely high. So that would kind of slow the game down a little bit. Or if you put a ball in the gap, it would slow it down. But if you elevated a ball, I mean, you're going up up on the lava rocks. It was uh, it was crazy. But, now they're using yeah they're using the, they use the MLB ball and they got 58 percent increase in home runs and you're just like jeez, jeez. They gotta change the baseballs. It's not good baseball. You think they will? Well, here's a uh, Manfred said uh, earlier this year. He said. They didn't un- they didn't intentionally make any changes to the baseball, so he didn't say the balls. Oh, are different. right, right, right. He said yeah, they didn't yeah, intentionally yeah. make any changes. All of a sudden, to the, the factory baseball. decided, you know, it's like okay, sure, yeah, yeah, sure, that's all happening. You could pick up a ball in Albuquerque, though, flip it up in the air, and it wouldn't come back down. <laughs> so, do you know where he went to college, Manfred? Yeah, my guess is in Long Island. No, Maryland. No, but Bobby Baseball. That's my hint to you. Oh, I mean, I know he's a Catholic. Is yeah, that Catholic. Catholic. Yeah, he's oh, Catholic. Right. Yeah, he's out of Catholic. So how about that? You're the uh, commissioner of baseball out of a Division three. I don't think he was even a baseball player. Huh. I think he's just from Catholic University. Huh. Yeah. It's a business. No, but good guess on Long Island. Probably the odds were in our favor. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody, everybody you know is from Long Island. <laughs> Yeah, that drives my boys crazy, man. We've been around the city way too long doing this, you know, involved in baseball and everything. And, you know, everywhere you go, it's like, you know, you're kind of looking like, oh, you know, there's no, you know, there's no there's no kind of free time. But uh, we went to a good restaurant the other night in um, in Fort Mill called Napa. Like, and, like Napa Valley? Napa. Like Napa. Napa like Auto it's parts? spelled like Napa, like Napa Auto Parts. Or, what, oh. there's a difference in the spelling between Auto Parts and... <laughs> no idea. I don't know. You can't spell Napa like Napa. It's just Napa. Right? I'm it's lost. Napa. I don't know what you. You're talking about Napa. I'm talking about yeah. Napa. Napa. The, wine, it this the way. wine region. Put it this way. Put it this way. the wine region. Is, is a, so when you have one of your players, when you have one of your players that you've had since you that was like you know twelve, right? He becomes your designated driver at two thirty in the morning. Oh yeah. We're raising him right. Right? We're doing a good job responsibility, here. <laughs> responsibility. It was. It's like, hey, man. So, My my grandmother had to learn. She started driving at 14 legally because her uh, her mother never had a driver's license. So they gave her a license? Actually, that I don't age? even, you know, to be honest, yeah, I don't know if it not. was legal. But at yeah. 14 is when she started yeah. driving. That's when you just get pulled over and it's just like, hey, you know, park the car. Yeah. You know, now that, you know, they got body cams and everything. and Can't you, get away with nothing anymore. No. You can't. How'd you, you guys can't. like the picture I shared to you guys yesterday? Oh, that was fantastic. The, the, uh, get recruited. Picture, <laughs> picture was thrown from like up here. Oh, my gosh, yeah. How about that That action? That's smart marketing, though. Oh, perfect. And again, they're what? What, what is that? The NSCA? NCSA. NCSA. They're another one. They're another one, man. But that's it's everybody's choice. If you think that they're going to help you, jump on it. But, you know, it's it's to me, it's... Those things right there. I mean, there's people out there that help and do the right thing, but that is just a mass market. That's that's all volume. Like, just give me your money and and, and call me coach. So they call the guy's house and they say, "Hey, this is coach so and so. What do you coach? Well, I'm I'm the coach for this. You know, I'm your coach. I'm your your 
your college recruiting coach, your life coach, or you know whatever. So, oh, man, that remind this is this is a tangent off that. But I was at the hotel in uh, Cary. I was uh, I was getting breakfast one morning, and there was a, a group of professionals. Sometimes they were doing some kind of work, and they were having like people little, like in suits and little, ties. Yeah, they, they, they were business. They were, they were business <laughs> casual. But they're sitting around one of those high top tables, and they all have their laptops out, and just hearing the lingo. Oh. that they use oh well let's table this and we'll circle oh, back oh yeah you yeah, know it's yeah, one yeah, of those deals yeah. i was like oh yes yeah, so is, is there synergy do we have synergy here oh man huh? yeah well yeah. let's look, look at the market opportunity it's like oh my god this is, <laughs> nobody talks like and you're this. spitting in the bottle yeah whatever buddy you know this is uh i know it's i, I don't know if I, I tried that world once for about two months i could i couldn't live in it like this is corporate attire for us yeah, man. Like every day, man. It's, and if your shirt's got a, tea, a stain on it, who cares? No way, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's part no of the way. Game. Absolutely. You know, you can show up. You don't have to shave that day. You can have messy hair. I brush my teeth every day, though. I'm, that's that that part, like, I, I, yeah, I brush my Jesus. teeth twice a day. My yeah. wife only thinks that's I do it once, but I do it twice. <laughs> brush my teeth. Yeah. I put on deodorant. Deodorant's. Oh yeah. yeah. You have so. to. You can't. You can't smell bad. You can look like garbage, yeah. but you can't smell. Like no, garbage. you cannot. Man, I walked out like the, the kids the other day. I'm like, dude. Like coming out of the cage, like you stinky little things, man. Put some deodorant on, dude. The fourteen and fifteen sure, year old they're kids maturing, are the they go through puberty, and they're starting to like. <laughs> Their pH levels are thinking something. about it. Oh. Man, when we get off that bus, that summer bus. Oh yeah, you know we'll do a workout in the morning, we'll uh-huh. drive for three hours, and then get off that bus. Like you can see, like you know those mirages on the road. Yeah, that comes out of the front door when they open. I'm like, it's like, like you this guys, hot air flying. Do you guys out. not cool. smell each other? Like oh. you know. It's, uh, Put a window down. I, I, you know, that was like when you got on a plane when we when we would travel. Um, you know, especially in AAA and everything like that. You got to be on a six a.m. flight, and and you got guys just strolling in that night. So they reek of alcohol, they reek of tobacco, they reek of you know body odor, and you can't. You're trying to get every fan above your head like blowing just straight just into blow, my nostril, <laughs> down like God. I can't. I'm gonna puke right here. You know, it's. Uh, I remember um, my buddy Matty. He, he had a rough night, and he showed up. With 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 the odor that day, and everybody's been through it. But, and he fell asleep in the airport, and twenty of us out got our cologne out, and then we all walked by him. So we had twenty different colognes, just bombed them, absolutely bombed them. And, uh, and then he woke up mad at everybody, which is that's not hard to believe. Axe, so. Axe body spray took care of that. Probably. Oh man! Oh, I, well, is there used any, to be patchouli there, oil, right? Patchouli oil for the Grateful Dead. Is there any? Is there anything more obvious that you're just trying to cover up an odor than the, the, <laughs> yep. the stench of Axe body spray? It's like middle <laughs> school shower. shower. You know, it's not like something you put on when you're fresh. Like yeah. you put this on because you reek. You know, there, there's an evolution to understanding on how to smell right as a man. Because as you're a kid, you get your first bottle of like polo or old spice you're like you know and then you know i'd I'd like ah it smells so good i'm gonna throw it on the floor in my car (laughs) (laughs) and then it just smells like putrid hot ass oh yeah exactly (laughs) what it smells like so you know i mean how many different things that took place like that on on the road like those are the things that i that i laugh about like i made a phone call the other day i'm trying to get up with somebody that's that's in the big leagues to help us get memorabilia for the gala so um, I saw on Facebook one of the guys I played with in Double A. I reached out to him, and I hadn't spoken to him in years. You know, we kind of connected on Facebook, but haven't spoken to him in years. And uh, and he made the connection. But you know, you start to think back, like uh, you know, when I was when I was in Midland, Texas, and uh, I was I, I cut my head, and um, you know, with a spike in my head and everything, they had to inject me up, and then I had broken my ankle and I was in pain, so. 
before I could get to the doctor, they, they give me pain medicines, right? So I went out. And these guys go and get the Gatorade bucket with all ice as I'm out and just dumping it on me on the training table. Like, I got a broken ankle and they're dumping stuff on me, you know? <laughs> I mean, and things like that. Or we're going down, we're, we're traveling from Midland to El Paso and the air conditioning breaks on the bus, you know? And so you're in the middle of the, the Texas, in the middle of like July, everybody's in their underwear. Everybody's sitting in their underwear just, just sweating. And then there's dip cups running down. You know, people kicked over the dip cup or a bed, like a rotten can of beer that was there the night before. Or the guy that decides he's going to sleep on the floor. And then all of a sudden that stuff just rushes on top of him. Oh, man. And then you, go, you start flashing back on that stuff. There's some, there's some crazy stuff. I drove the bus one year. They let me drive the bus from the hotel to the, uh, to the park. And I had never driven a bus before. So that was pretty cool. But that, I think that guy got fired after that. <laughs> after that, like, who drove the bus? Our, our A-ball bus, and <clears throat> when I was in Macon, it was from, I mean, it had to have been from the 60s or 70s. This, uh, this thing had, oh, it was well over a million miles on this thing. But we used to have to push it in reverse. You know, anytime <laughs> we were going anywhere, we'd have to go back it up. You know, 10 or 12 guys would be out there pushing it backwards, and you hop on, and you're just sweating. Oh, that's so you're getting weird. ready to go on like a six-hour <laughs> bus trip, and you're starting out just profusely so, sweating. So the backup, the, the reverse, the reverse was you guys back pushing the bus. Yeah, we, that was it. There was no. Other how, about, how about how about this this typical call every time that like we weren't going fast enough and hey, bussy, bussy, there's a three legged turtle humping the tailpipe right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pick it bussy. up, man. We got to get where we're going, bussy, bussy. That was that was called a long time. We had uh, Deke, so I love. There was, there was this guy named Jerry Simmons. He lived yeah. down in uh, Charleston now. I play with and he would you know he was that guy in the back he'd be he'd be yelling stuff but like you know so that nobody could figure out who it was and, he'd, and then, you know as soon as the, you know he'd, he'd go too far and the manager would stand up finally and turn back you'd see him he'd always be napping you know he'd have his eyes closed just looking like he was taking a nap that <laughs> last <laughs> so carl nichols who's who's out in california called court in the big lease a little bit and he we, we were in double a together and john hart was our manager and we had switch managers mid mid-season we had Grady Little, and Grady wasn't doing very well. And, you know, for whatever reason, they were going to flip-flop the A-ball manager and double-A manager. It was a big to-do. So but nobody was, like, really into John Hart, you know. And, and, and John Hart's been done a great job in the game. And, you know, I ended up being a good manager. I enjoyed playing for him, whatever. But so we got there, and it was when they had those parachute pants, those really kind of thin parachute pants. And John was all, pants, yeah. yeah and, and he was, you know, he was doing hair plugs. I mean, he was just trying to bring back his youth. And, uh, and he stood up, and his pants were about about three inches above his ankles, like really high waters, weren't, you know, because they had stuck and he sweated them. So Carl Nichols screamed out, hey, Skip, you might want to pull up your sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we could, do, we could do hours of that, but Andrew's giving us, Andrew's giving us the, uh, the spin here. So um, tickets for our gala, which is November 8th, www.com udacf.org um we're not only looking for ticket sales which we know we'll sell out on but we're looking for corporate sponsors uh people to sponsor our awards people to sponsor the night um and uh and just help us raise money we're doing the right things for kids we're doing it's not only just baseball it's education it's health and wellness it's uh it's life lessons life skills and we got a great group of people that are involved former major league players and and people with really big hearts that have been involved. And that night is a great night. And we're going to step it up even more because at the end of the night, we're bringing in Sonic Rewind, a rock band. Um, so when we're done with the official, formal, everybody dressed up ceremony, 
you know. Everyone will put on their wigs and Eddie does. Eddie does that. Eddie, Eddie walks around with the horns on his hat, and Ross puts on a ski cap, <laughs> <laughs> and it all changes. Ross shows up with a really shiny head, and then he's like the ski caps on at the end of the night. So, but uh, a lot of fun, and uh, it's it's open to everybody. It's not listen. It's it, it it's about baseball people doing the right thing for. Uh, you know, for the underserved and, you know, people that can't afford to do this. We talk about the expenses all the time and, you know, some people just can't be involved because of it and we want to help that situation. So um, that's it. Appreciate it, John and uh, and Andrew. Good opening weekend. Well, you're off. You're going to go hang out with the... Uh, I'm going to go catch some ball games tomorrow. <clears throat> We've got everybody kicking off tomorrow, so yeah. I'll go catch a couple of the games that aren't too far driving. And then mm-hmm. Sunday, since I'm off, I'm going to catch some football, bud. Watch the Jets, baby. J E T S. Hey, I like your core. Are you guys really- <clears throat> we need to do a whole uh, baseball players talking about football podcast. Let's do yeah, it next I, week. I, I just I I know nothing. You yes, guys, you do. No, I don't. I don't you know, know more than you think. I've never done. I've never done a fantasy not football knowing draft. Something has not stopped you from talking. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Act like you know. know it. It. <laughs> I act like I know something. You're right, but it would all be wrong. But we appreciate everybody listening to uh, the official Dusty Wathen show number sixty two of the Schaefer Baseball Report, and uh, we look forward to. Doing it again next week, so peace out.